This is Conducting Business, WQXR's show about the classical music industry. I'm Naomi Lewin. The absence of women conductors at the world's top orchestras is hardly news, but it stands out more every year as women scale male bastions in business, sports, and entertainment. Last month, Marin Alsop made history as the first woman to conduct the Last Night of the Proms concert in its nearly 120-year history. Her achievement came right after the young Russian-born conductor Vasily Petrenko declared that orchestras simply play better for men and that, quote, a sweet girl on the podium can make one's thoughts drift towards something else. Similar comments have emerged elsewhere in recent weeks, prompting some renewed soul-searching in the classical music field. Today, we will explore this issue with three guests. In the studio is the French conductor and harpsichordist Emmanuelle Aïm. Her ensemble, Le Concert d'Astre, will appear at Lincoln Center on Saturday. On the phone, we have Jessica Duchesne, a British author and music journalist who writes for The Independent and other publications, and also Charlotte Lee, a vice president and artist manager at IMG Artists here in the States. She works with a number of conductors. Jessica, I'm going to start with you. You recently compiled a list of nearly 100 women conductors and noted that there is one heck of a glass ceiling regarding where they work. Why is it still so difficult for women to make careers as conductors? I think it, it's a combination of a lot of different factors. And incidentally, the list has now grown to about 113 names. So it's quite clear to me that actually there are plenty of women conductors, but they're just not really getting the top gigs. Why? I think that part of the reason to me lies in the record industry. It seems very much the case that uh, recording companies wanting to record female musicians tend to want to put very sort of sexed up images on the covers of their discs. They, they like musicians to look a bit like bimbos. And it's very hard to bimbify a conductor because this is a person who is in control and directing people. It's a kind of triple bind in a way. If you have a bimbo image, the woman is not taken seriously. Therefore, it doesn't work for conductors. Therefore, those people are not being taken up by record companies. I know it's a huge generalization, but that is really the way that these names get out to music lovers is via recordings. Emmanuel, I'm going to ask you, you've led some major orchestras as a guest conductor. How hard was it to get those jobs? Not hard at all, actually. Uh, I was just asked by them and uh, there I went. And uh, the relationship with them was mostly very nice. But I, I agree that there are a lot of difficulties for women to become conductors and just to be their leading major repertoire, definitely, because you are not expected there. But I, I wouldn't link it so much to the recording itself. What would you link it to? It's not the, the habit. People are not used to that, either the audience or the orchestras. But it's it will just take time to change the look of us. Just the look of a concert, what people expect when they walk into it. Yes. Charlotte, you book conductors and other musicians, or you are in charge of getting them jobs. What is your take on all of this? Well, I do look after one female conductor, and I look after five male conductors. And I would say, in general, 
I don't feel that female conductors tend to get hired or not hired based solely on anything other than their talent. I haven't seen uh, much discrimination at all, except for the fact that when Joanna Carnairo occasionally is referred to as a female conductor, um, that is one bias in someone's mentality. But as far as the hiring, artistic programmers, the ones that I work with at least, tend to hire you based on your talent. Well, so, so how much of this would involve a lack of top female talent? Well, I think that there are a whole slew of male conductors out there, and there are fewer female conductors out there. And when you look at the ones who rise up to the top, by default, because there tend to be more male conductors out there, there tend to be more getting the jobs. But the the top female conductors, like Emmanuel and, and Marin Elsop and the others, I think they are getting the jobs. So maybe it's just a matter of us catching up. Jessica, do you think classical music recognizes this as a problem? I think increasingly so, yes. Um, I think the way that these comments by Vasily Petrenko and Yuri Tamakanov and various others have hit the headlines is a real sign that um, this kind of attitude is recognized as a big problem. And also the reception that Marin got for the last night of the proms here was absolutely stunning. I mean, everybody adored her. And she she did a great, great job and um, was very celebrated for that. So I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's definitely recognized. Do you think we need some kind of affirmative action program, the way corporations have or the way there has been in academia? I'm a little equivocal about affirmative action in any field that depends primarily on ability, um, I think it's got to remain a meritocracy. But I think what we need is the chance for women to be able to show their talents and to be encouraged and not to be deterred at, at a very early stage from becoming conductor. I, I, I agree, Jessica. Recently in France, there have been quite a big uh, polemic, I don't know the word in English, a dispute. Discussion, yeah. Uh, because uh, the director of the Conservatoire, Bruno Mantovani, mm -hmm. who is having a, a, an important... Uh, a, a place is seen everywhere and is responsible for all the studies, said simply that it was not really a place for women to be because it was too difficult for them to cope with, especially with maternity and with what follows pregnancy and then looking after the children. So basically it was impossible to have a career as a woman in this important career when you conduct your very busy, very much in demand of all the the, the organization, etc., etc. So this caused a big dispute of articles. Maybe you've heard uh, heard of that. Also, the fact that Aurélie Filippetti, the minister of uh, la culture, a cultural cultural mi minister, minister, wants to deal with it in a compulsory way, where where you have to share uh, jobs as percentages, which I don't find. Good. So that is a kind of affirmative action where a certain percentage... You know, yes, but I don't... And you don't like that? No, because you, still it's very difficult for young ones to study, to get through, not to get too many barriers, and to get through that and to be on the market as a conductor. So it needs to change, yes, but it will happen by doing it. You just need some women to, to come one after another and do what Marin did at the proms, which which is great, and uh, 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 Susanna Malki here and there. I mean, you just need 
some more conductors to be there, to be seen, and to just look that it's not as dangerous as one would think. <laughs> it's fine, it's okay, it's fine. So is some of us just that it hasn't occurred to women before a certain time to go into conducting? I have the impression that a lot of women, or certainly several of the women conductors who I have interviewed, have said that they were deliberately deterred at college level, that there were people at the, the institutions where they wanted to study who actually actively tried to put them off. It's true. And Mr. Yeah. Mantovani is not alone in, in being in that position. Charlotte, what do you look for in the conductors that you put on your roster? Should gender balance be a factor in how an agency is building a roster? That's a good question, Naomi. We actually don't look at it that way. Sometimes people come to us and we get comments like, oh, well, I looked at your roster and you don't really have anyone in the late 20s to uh, late 30s range on this instrument or of this, you know, that's not the way that we choose our roster. It's it's like what Jessica said, it has to be a meritocracy. We look for excellence, we look for artistic depth and excellent technique and a presence and most of all an effective way to communicate with audiences. So, you know, we, we wouldn't base a decision on the fact that, you know, we need another female conductor. Well, Jessica has this enormous list now of women conductors None of them are of interest to agencies or to your well, agency? Well, we represent several of them, Joanna Carnairo and Alondra Della Parra uh, included. But um, many of them do have active careers or are with other agencies. Certainly, many of them have representation. Emmanuel, I'm thinking of you and your colleagues like Jane Glover and mm-hmm. Monica Huggett mm-hmm. and Jeanette Sorrell of Apollo's Fire. Is it? somehow easier for women to make it as conductors in early music? I think so, because in, in the symphonic repertoire, in the mainstream repertoire, that definitely looks like to the... More macho? Well, probably people think in a way that it's one man's vision, and it's very difficult for people to to get out of that and think, because the romantic field looks like a link to a one-person vision of the music. So the whole music goes through one person, and that is... The conductor. In- yes. That it's, it's sort of emanating from the conductor. And it's incarnated. The savior somehow is incarnated in, in, in a lot of people's mind by a man. It's difficult to... To change that... And you, early music looks like more of a collaborative effort, and that's is. why... It is. Therefore, you shock less people maybe in that field. I didn't think it that way myself. As, as a child, quite young, when I was 10, 11, 12, I did think of conducting. And I was not yet specialized in, in ancient music. And probably if I would have gone that path, it would have been much harder for me to kind of conquest those bastions. Also, the kind of relationship a symphonic orchestra have with the conductor is kind of tougher, is sometimes more difficult. And I think through ancient music, definitely the relationship is different. So that's a way where you can perhaps make the word uh, of music, I wouldn't say progress, but change a bit as civilization and society change also. Does either of the other of you have a reaction to that phenomenon of 
I do. I agree with Manuel. I do think that this is a reflection of the progress in society on women's rights and just um, people in general getting used to the idea of women in top leadership positions. If you look at the corporate sector or politics, and Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook and the author of Lean In has said this before, but women are just in general not making it to the very top. There's only about 13 to 15% of women in top C-level jobs, or if you look at heads of state, only you know under 10%. So that, that, I think, translates to the music world, and we're no different than society in general. Except, I mean, ironically, in the world of orchestra management, you've got CEOs of major orchestras like Deborah Borda, now in L.A., Alison Bulgamore, now in Philadelphia. Why aren't they hiring women conductors? I do think we've made progress, but I think in general, in the industry, we tend to have many women. Um, so maybe there's 50 to 60 percent of people in the industry may be women, so there's more of a crop to choose from to rise to the top in executive positions. But uh, when you look at the ratio of conductors, female to male, it's still a minority, and that needs to grow over the years. What about opera? That looks even harder to break into as a woman. And why is that? For example, Sarah Caldwell was the first woman to conduct at the Met. That happened in 1976. Jane Glover is coming to the Met in December. She will be the third woman to conduct at the Met in that company's history? I, I, I was the first one to come to, to Chicago. and uh, Which was in 2007. I was going to ask you, what was the yes. reaction? Very good. Excellent. The orchestra, the Excellent. audience? Excellent. The orchestra was super collaborative. It was very, very good. People were, were very open-minded. The only funny souvenir I have of it was they, they wrote to me because they were puzzled how to call me. Should it be maestro, all the same, or maestra, that looks weird in Italian? Or <laughs> and what did they settle on? <laughs> I said they, they could call me my name. Which <laughs> Always was... <laughs> a good compromise. <laughs> Jessica, why do you think it's so hard for women to get hired in opera houses? Um, well, in fact, in Britain, it's one of the few areas where women do seem to be making some headway in opera. Mm. Um, it's some time now since that there was the first woman music director at English National Opera, who was Sean Edwards. She's actually now head of the conducting department at the Royal Academy of Music. But that was quite a pioneering move of them to appoint her. And I've seen several women conductors on that podium since. Emmanuel, I wanted to ask, when you conducted the Los Angeles Philharmonic, the reviewer in the L.A. Times wrote, Aim's body wavers and swirls in lithe, graceful gesticulations as she drives the music. Is there a double standard when a woman does that? It's true that you could read it that way, but definitely that is also part of the thing to, to change. It's unusual to have a woman image and body to look at for the audience as a conductor. But then I don't think of it, and I think people will change. In the same way, I most of the time don't wear men's clothes. I don't care if I am used to concert dresses. Jessica, would you have written something like that a review in the L.A. Times and I guess playing devil's advocate could Petrenko have a point that it's distracting to look at a woman 
moving with the music? I would not have written that review in those terms, that's for sure. As far as Petrenko goes, I mean, you know, my husband is an orchestral musician, and he tells me that all that people in his orchestra are interested in is how good the conductor is at their job, and they really don't care about anything else. Having so said, I guess men get distracted by women if they're nice-looking, but by the same token, most of the big orchestras these days are about 50% women, and there's nothing to say that they're not going to be distracted by a nice-looking man, is there? So, you know, it's a, I think it's, maybe it's women a are just fatuous kind of attitude that, that he was expressing. And maybe women are just better able to concentrate in the presence of a good-looking man than men are in the presence of a good-looking woman. <laughs> well, it wouldn't surprise me totally. Charlotte, you represent Joanna Carnairo, as you said. She's music director of the Berkeley Symphony. You said she's just about to become music director of an opera company. Have you encountered any particular challenges because of her gender? I would say the challenges have not come because of, in the area of her being hired, I haven't seen those challenges, but I I did chuckle at your previous comment about looks and aesthetics, because that is one challenge that has come up from time to time, uh, where occasionally I might get a comment, oh, the uh, hair is in her face, could she perhaps pull it back, which you know, it, would you ever hear a comment like that said to <laughs> Stefan Denev or... <laughs> He's Daniel exactly Kinti. who came to my mind, yes. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> They're not hair. getting comments like this. Oh, <laughs> the, the concert dress, the skirt she wears is so flowy and, you know, could she wear pants? So those are comments that just I can't avoid but chuckling at and they, they come with the territory, I'm afraid. And we just deal with it and... Um, yeah, you agree. You try, just try not to be distracting and to take take away from the music. But in terms of engaging her, I haven't seen any discrimination. Not to deny Marin Alsop her talent, but do you think somehow she just knows how to play the game very well? As she's just really good at the politics of a career, Jessica. I think she's a tough customer. I think she's very very bright and she. I think has had to be pretty thick-skinned to get through to the, the sort of position where she is now, you know, the, the best recognized woman conductor in the world. I would take a bet that it hasn't always been easy for her. You know, any conductor who's going to succeed has to be pretty clever about it one way or another because there are going to be different challenges facing everybody and it's a hugely competitive business. So I, I don't agree. know if that answers mm-hmm. the question. What kind of things have you encountered? How have you dealt with this? Well, the, the difference is um, I also m- manage my my group. So, in ancient your music, ensemble, yes. So you 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 also think of it in a terms of a, a financial point of view, political financial point of view. What can be can be done? How how do you maintain enough activity? Uh, what are the projects that are going to be good. So you've got to be creative in many, many fields, not only the conducting part, but uh, almost as a manager of an orchestra, and which I find quite quite um, interesting So in, in ancient music. So it's uh, conducting, managing. Going back to the whole notion of woman as conductor, Marin Alsop's predecessor in Baltimore, Yuri Timirkanov, gave an interview to a Russian publication last year saying that women conductors are 
counter to nature because the essence of the conductor's profession is strength and the essence of a woman is weakness. <laughs> Emmanuel, you've already addressed that, uh, but... It's uh, so incredible to to hear that. That doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense at all. I mean, the essence of a conductor. <laughs> how to to say it? I think it's really communication. First of all, charisma in a way or another, and just uh, drive people with you. Just take them with you. So a woman can do that in a different way than a man can do that. And I, I think there is also seduction in a conductor, in a man's way or in a woman's way, or you can do it in an authoritarian way or in a smoother way, and you, it depends on your personality. And it doesn't matter being a man or woman, a woman. I really don't think so. I think it's a very... Again, uh, retrograde, this I don't know. Retrograde, yeah, or yeah, backward to, to, thinking. But definitely, what is for sure is it's a very demanding profession. So therefore, not only thinking as a woman, but as a parent, then it's tricky. Because most of the time, a man having a very high career is helped. And behind a great man, there is always a great woman or another great man, I mean, somebody helping out. And as a woman, it's more difficult to get that because it puts the, the man accompanying you in a difficult position. So socially speaking, they are looked as weird. And therefore, for a family, it's difficult to maintain th that. And I think that is more the question also. That's why I think it's a social question society question how how do you do you do when if a woman if women get to very high points then how do you balance it in a family jessica or, or charlotte do you think there's something behind what tamir khanoff is saying some what's he really saying or some jealousy or it's a generational thing i mean he's uh, you know he's one of the, the sort of great senior figures of the profession now and the that generation probably grew up thinking like that and um, I'm sure he's not the only one who does think like that mm. but I think it's an attitude that will go with time I think there's a shift going on well that was going to be my final question to everybody do you think we're going to be having that same dis this same discussion in five or ten years five maybe but in <laughs> I, I, I think in 20 years things will have changed a lot for the, for the next one already I think it's changing it's not that easy for either women or, or men. We've got to, to, to grow with that as a general thing in society today, so including music. Charlotte? Well, hopefully in five years we may have uh, our first ever female president of the United States. And as, as time goes on, we'll have fewer firsts for females in general, but I, I should hope in 10 years that we wouldn't be having this conversation. So it's just a need to continue the progression in women in leadership positions. And, and the day that women are not referred to as female, but just as leaders is the day that we know they'll have broken through the glass ceiling and we won't be having these conversations anymore. Jessica, any chance we're going to see uh, more women conductors at really top orchestras? 
I think we will have to, and I think there's a good chance that as more and more talented youngsters come through, that we will. I certainly hope that even if we are having similar discussions in five years, that in ten it will be becoming at least a thing of the past. Thank you all very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Conducting Business. Our guests were conductor and harpsichordist Emmanuel Aim, the writer Jessica Duchenne, and the artist manager Charlotte Lee. Brian Wise is our producer. I'm Naomi Lewin. You can subscribe to Conducting Business on iTunes. Thank you for listening.